0: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, a lot of us had a a bad feeling about this game. None of us thought it would be an easy game by any means. But at the same time, I don't know if any of us were ready for the game that we saw. The Chargers lose to the Broncos 20 to 13 on Sunday in a game where the Broncos got out to a 17 to 0 lead in the first half. And the Chargers offense was absolutely anemic all day long. So, to start the show today, we're going to talk about that a little bit and then also just talk about how the Chargers are losing ground in the AFC playoff picture. And then in the second segment, we'll get into a full game recap, unfortunately talking about all of the big plays in this game and then to wrap the show up, we're going to take a look at where everything went wrong and look at all of the plays that really set the Chargers up to lose this game. They had a lot of chances. They even had Many chances to come back and get in the game and just so many errors, so many mistakes, so many costly penalties. Everything you've seen from the Chargers all year long happened in this game. So we'll get into that to wrap the show up. But let's go ahead and get into it. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade with David Drogemeyer. The Chargers fell to the Broncos 20-13 to 13 on Sunday, falling to Two and three on the season, also falling to third in the AFC West with the Oakland Raiders winning and the Kansas City Chiefs improving to four and one. The Chargers lost a big game this weekend against an 0-4 Broncos team that came out and was just the hungrier, harder working, better coach team in this game, and they won. The Chargers got off to just about the worst start possible. They got down in a 17-0 hole in the first half. They had a kick blocked against them that took points off the board. They also had a fumble going into the end zone right before halftime that could have potentially been seven points with a different play call maybe. But the Chargers going to halftime 17-0 and can't do enough in the second half. To get back into the game and win this one, even though Desmond King took a punt return back to the house. So, David, a really tough loss for the Chargers, a game they really couldn't afford to lose, especially at home. For the third consecutive game, Phillip Rivers has two interceptions against this Broncos defense. It almost doesn't seem like it matters the personnel that they have out there or what Broncos team 4 0 or 0 4 that is coming into that game. So, the Chargers lose a really terrible game, David, where once again basically everything that could go wrong for the Chargers did go wrong for the Chargers and they couldn't dig themselves out
1: of the hole that they buried themselves in. Yeah, I mean, how can you expect to win a game when you don't get your first points until 16 minutes left in the game? I mean, you can't you couldn't have sleptwalk more to start this game than than the Chargers did. I mean, they were just absolutely terrible. It looked like they just woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. And they just did not come to play. It took them multiple quarters to even get anything going on a consistent basis. More mistakes, you know, obviously costing them points, bad decisions, bad coaching. It was just an absolutely terrible loss and honestly the worst looking game so far this year.
0: Yeah, and absolutely spoiled the return of Melvin Gordon, who got his first action. But Gordon really struggled in this game and didn't do much for the people saying that he was the missing link for this team. The offense did not look good when Gordon was out there. Austin Eckler ends up tying the franchise high 15 reception only gets a little over 80 yards with it. It wasn't his most productive day through the air, but the chargers continue to use that heavily in their offense. And now the playoff picture for the chargers isn't looking pretty. You now sit at third in your division and What game really looks easy after this if you're a Chargers fan? I think the Chargers needed to take care of business inside of their division, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, and the one game that haunted them last year was a home loss against the Broncos. That ended up letting the Chargers be tied with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs had the tiebreaker, so you really couldn't have that. The Denver game in Denver doesn't look easy. The Raiders look a lot better than many people thought they would, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs, even after losing a game against the Colts. The Chargers right now are not even on the same playing field as the Chiefs, but David, this is a really terrible start for this team and the rest of the division is not slowing down and the Chargers now at two and three are going to have to have a hell of a
1: run the rest of the season to try and make up for it. As this Chargers team stands right now, all the injuries that they've had, it just seems like it's just too much to overcome. They haven't shown an ability or just a presence of mind to come out firing out of the blocks. They get started too slow and it's been killing them. I just don't see that this Chargers team is going to be able to make it so far. I mean, I'm usually very optimistic, but right now things look very terrible for their playoff hopes unless things turn around and turn around fast.
0: The injuries have absolutely caught up to this team. I know Rayshawn Jenkins was technically the starter going into this season, but having two safeties out really hurt them in this game. Rayshawn Jenkins misses two big tackles. One leads to a 70-yard touchdown. The other makes it a very manageable field goal at the end of the game. This Chargers team does not look like a playoff team, and it looks like a team right now that is going to have a very long season. You know, Maybe Russell Lacoon coming back helps. Hunter Henry helps, Derwin James, if they can make it to that point in the season and are still competitive, that helps as well. But the Chargers need changes and they need changes now. And it starts from a fundamental standpoint of we cannot be getting down in these games. We must have a better game plan than the one we came out against Denver that got us smacked in the mouth and flatly. They just need to play better. The execution needs to be better. The coaching has to be better all across the board. But we do have two more segments to get into. We need to recap this game and go over all of the brutal plays in this one and just how it all totally unraveled for the Chargers in the last segment. Just talking about the key moments and all of the bad things that happened in this game that led to the Chargers losing 20 to 13. But first, I need to tell you guys about our new sponsor that I'm excited to tell you guys about. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. No man's ever complained about it going too long. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast-acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. And right now, you can get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, all caps, one word that's getroman.com slash locked on NFL for ten dollars off and free two day shipping. Get Roman now, guys, at getroman.com slash locked on NFL. Also, we need to tell you guys about our good friends over at Metro Infinity, the best car dealership in California, and they are the number one volume dealer in California. So, you don't have to take my word for it. Metro Infinity is just off the 210 in Monrovia, and they have a brand new multi million dollar facility. And check out the amazing selection of new and used cars over there. Today, they are the only dealer in California that is family-owned, and they've been in business for over 25 years. One of the best parts about Metro Infinity is if you don't like going into the dealership and spending hours in there, it's no problem at all because they will bring you the car and the paperwork to your home or office, and you can complete the whole transaction there. When you go into Metro Infinity, make sure to mention that Locked On sent you over there, and they will give you another $500 off any car purchase. If you are thinking about a new Infiniti or even in the market for any new car, please give them a chance to earn your business. Believe me, you won't regret it. They also have over 50 certified pre-owned Infinities as well. You can reach them at 626-599-7510 or at MetroInfinity.com and you can go lease a new Infiniti Q50 3.0 luxury loaded with navigation with only a $1,000 down. Plus, if you mention that locked on. Plus, if you mention that locked on, you, you can even get an extra 500 bucks off of that. All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, it's time to get into this game and get into all of the plays for this game. We're gonna get into a quick recap of this game before we get into the last part discussing where it all went wrong for the Chargers. But let's go ahead and get into it. A very ugly start for the Chargers because right off the bat, the Broncos go right down the field and score a touchdown on their opening drive. Seven plays, 75 yards, and the Chargers defense didn't even really make it difficult on them. They cut right through them very quickly, scored a touchdown, and got up 7 nothing. Something that the Broncos, as an offense and as a team, have to really do because of the way that they play. The Chargers end up going six plays for 19 yards and have to punt on their first drive a very uncoordinated drive. They tried to feed Melvin Gordon early and often. He was technically the starter, even though him and Austin Eckler were out there both at the same time on the first play of the game. The Broncos' second drive is where it really fell apart for the Chargers. Not even 10 minutes into the game because Joe Flacco finds Cortland Sutton deep down the middle of the field. Rayshon Jenkins has a really good shot at him, misses the tackle, and he goes 70 yards for a touchdown and. John we've talked about it so many times we've always worried about Rayshon Jenkins not when the ball is up in the air and him trying to go make a play and get an interception but him being the last line of defense for this defense and having to make a tackle that's going to save a touchdown and once again in this game he lets them down for another huge touchdown that really blew this game open at 14-0 and left Charger fans stunned.
2: Yeah his pursuit angles aren't doing well his ability to a tackle isn't well and it all came into that play right after Sutton made that catch Rayshawn did not take the right approach and didn't even try to wrap up it was pretty embarrassing it right away we already had the first drive look really bad with how they just knifed through us for the first touchdown and then you allow that to happen just because of poor tackling bad enough you left the guy wide open But then after he makes the catch, he couldn't bring him down to the ground. And Rayshon was the last line. And after we talked about it forever, he still has yet to improve on that tackle.
0: Yeah, and this is the guy Anthony Lynn says is an elite free safety right now. But guess what, guys? Tackling is important, but I guess not if you ask this coaching staff because they don't seem to really value the guys that can tackle. Or maybe they just don't have any. Who knows? But the Chargers on that drive had a chance to get off the field in third and seven, and they threw a pass short of the first down marker to Cortland Sutton, and the, he dragged two Chargers for a first down. More tackling that could have forced a punt, and the Chargers give a first down right after that giant play. Touchdown, Broncos, 14-0. to The next Chargers drive, we saw something that we've seen very often with Phillip Rivers against the Broncos. On second and five, he tries to force a ball into Mike Williams while he's under pressure Throws it high. Mike Williams has a tip off of his hand. It wasn't a good throw, but Justin Simmons is there on the back end to intercept it. So the Chargers not only give up a 14-0 to lead, but give it up right after that on a drive. They really needed to respond. They got lucky, though, because Uchenin Wosu, who was filling in for Melvin Ingram in this game and had a really good game, ends up stripping Joe Flacco and the Chargers recover. The Broncos were on the Chargers 21-yard line, so they probably would have had points. What do the Chargers do with it? They go 12 plays, 39 yards. They take a bunch of time off the clock. And on third and five, Phillip Rivers has an unacceptable penalty. He ends up taking a intentional grounding penalty because he can't get the ball back to the line of scrimmage. It turns what would have been a mid-30-yard field goal into a 48-yard attempt by Chase McLaughlin. He ends up having the kick blocked. So the Chargers get turned away again all that time off the clock for nothing. And now it's still a 14-0 to game. Denver, with the good field position after the blocked field goal, ends up getting a field goal to make it 17-0. to Another bad call on Michael Davis on a pass interference call on third and two that was really just non-existent again. I wish Anthony Lynn would have challenged that because that was a terrible call. Even if he challenged it, they maybe could have called holding, but it was in no way pass interference. Chargers bail out the Broncos again and the rest bail out the Broncos again. And then right before halftime, the Chargers do a great job. They get all the way down the field. They run the rest of the time off the clock. They have a chance to get seven points on the board and get the ball to start the second half to potentially cut it to 17 to 14 or somewhere around there. And David on third down, Austin Eckler catches a short pass out of the backfield. He gets a terrible spot. He should have been inside the half yard line. They end up putting it. Right at the one yard line, which definitely changes the play call. And I'm fourth and goal with no time remaining basically in the first half. They give it to Austin Eckler on an outside run where he just tries to basically outrun the whole Denver defense to the sideline. And Kareem Jackson ends up knocking it out of his hands as he tries to extend for the pylon. Chargers go into halftime with one of the worst first
1: halves I've ever seen, down 17 to 0 murphy's law in that first half what can go wrong will go wrong and it all went wrong for the chargers in the first half i mean that was just another burning example of the chargers putting themselves in a position to actually make this a game score points before halftime and get the ball back the start of the second half and try to actually come back and win this game but of course they did not do that and absolutely agree with you just an absolutely terrible half of football
0: And the Chargers, once again, leaving points off the board. I mean, they missed out on 10 points there in the first half. It could have been 17 to 10, and you're still right in the game. At least you have halftime to go make adjustments. What do the Chargers do coming out of half? Three plays, four yards, three and out, and a punt. Luckily, the defense held them and looked much better in the second half. The Broncos go four plays, 19 yards on their first drive. They almost went for it on fourth and two, and I thought it was a great call. I think they could have put the Chargers potentially away right there. Dalton Reisner ends up getting a false start. They punt it away. The Chargers can't do anything with it again. Go five plays, 30 yards in a punt. But hey, Travis Benjamin made a catch. So there was something noteworthy about that. On the next drive for the Broncos, they go three and out. Jerry Tillery gets a sack. And that was very nice to see. But the Chargers come again with another three and out. So the Chargers after halftime, three plays a punt, five plays a punt. Three plays a punt. Just ridiculous. But after that, Kazir White ends up getting an interception on the Denver Broncos seven yard line, setting the offense up with the best field position all day. And they would surely get points, except for no, of course they don't. Philip Rivers on third down throws an interception, never saw the linebacker in the middle of the field, tries to get it to Mike Williams. Another inexcusable turnover in the end zone, let alone the red zone. And the Chargers just got too cute. They brought Tyrod Taylor in for a play that went nowhere, and they leave points off the board once again. Just, It's crazy. You can't even make this stuff up. The Chargers defense keeps them in it again. They make Denver go three and out, and that's when the Chargers finally get their first points on the board, and it didn't come from the offense. It came from Desmond King taking a punt return back to the house. We were calling for it before the game. We needed him to take one back. We thought the offense would give them a little bit more, but of course they didn't. And the Chargers are down 17 to 7. The Broncos end up going down, missing a field goal, and then the Chargers get it back, move down the field, basically all because of a pass interference call against Andre Patton, sets up a field goal. They still can't get anything going, but they cut it to seven. Then the Broncos go three and out again, another golden opportunity for the Chargers. And the Chargers go five plays, ten yards, punt it with about three and a half minutes to play. The Broncos get a huge run from Philip Lindsay, and then on third and seventeen with the Broncos out of field position, the Chargers let the Broncos go for sixteen yards on a Philip Lindsay run, making it an easy field goal to make the game twenty to ten and really putting it away. The Chargers add on a late field goal, but. I don't really count that. At that point, the Chargers had 185 yards of offense before the garbage time drive. And, and John, to see it end like that on third and 17, I mean, the Chargers, first of all, just, you know, getting to that point where they're punting the ball away. And then you get to third and 17 and you can't get a stop when your defense really needed to against the run. And it's just something we've seen all year.
2: It is. this Defense just doesn't know how to stop the run at all. And when you needed the stop, they still couldn't step up and stop the run. Phillip Lindsay had a field day against us. And when you expect someone like a Denzel Perryman some, or even Jerry Tilly, someone that's supposed to be your guy now to stop this, to actually make a play, nobody is there, nobody's home. Even the third and long and you allow that run to make it an easy field goal. Like you could have given yourself a chance for the Broncos to miss another field goal. Because opposing kickers have been missing field goals against the Chargers. They missed one already that game. You could have happened again, and you bail the Broncos out, basically, to let them clinch the game. This team makes no sense with the way we have weapons and people that are skilled for a certain job. Like a, a linebacker like Denzel Perryman is built to stop the run, and yet we're still getting ran all over. It, it's cluel- it makes me clueless with what Anthony Lynn's doing. I, I'm starting to wonder if this coaching staff is where we need to start attacking. Is it the players or is it this coaching staff that's not putting the players in the right position for a game day?
0: Well, in one play I didn't get into, but it was the third and three where you give a handoff to Melvin Gordon, who hadn't even been averaging two yards per carry in the game. I mean, that play call is ridiculous. The play call on the one was ridiculous. But we still have one more ridiculous segment to get into talking about just exactly that, John, all the plays where this game went wrong and all the things that added up to the Chargers losing another gut wrenching game against a divisional opponent and another one score game where the Chargers go down coming up right after this. All right guys, time to get into the final segment of the day, getting into just where everything fell apart in this game. And I think there was a lot of moments where the Chargers really let this game slip out of their fingers. And I think David, I think it starts early in the game when the Chargers not only throw an interception after they go down 14-0 and get bailed out by Ochenna and Wosu, sack, strip, fumble, but then Phillip Rivers on third and five taking a, a intentional grounding call when you have a kicker who's playing his first game and then just another way that the Chargers are able to take points off of the board. And when you, you're down 14-0, to that's just something you absolutely can't have.
1: It is inexcusable for a veteran quarterback who has been in the NFL playing at an elite level for over 15 years to have an intentional grounding penalty. Get the football past the line of scrimmage, and you're good. And then you're in field goal range, you kick the field goal, and you're in a better position than you were. But, of course, you you take an inexcusable penalty, and that's just the theme of this year. More penalties... And you're just killing yourselves. The Chargers killed themselves once again.
0: And yeah, the Chargers have been shooting themselves in the foot all season long. And John, where that really comes to play, especially in a game like this, is the Chargers inability to cash in on points when they get the chances to. I mean, not scoring when you get the ball in the seven yard line after Kazir White totally kind of flips the game over and gives you a good chance running that play at the end of the first half that gets you zero yards, a fumble through the end zone and zero points. We all knew that this was not the recipe for success. And we said the Chargers can't do this against teams that can beat you. I mean, they did it against the Dolphins and got away with it because they're the Dolphins when they didn't cash in on points. But against any kind of even mediocre to below average team, even though I think the Broncos team is actually better than a lot of people think they are. I think that's just a pretty you know, maybe mediocre team with a a really good pass defense, John against good teams against any team, you cannot have these opportunities where even in the second half, the Chargers defense is getting you back the ball repeatedly. And you think the Broncos are going to keep pulling away. But the Chargers defense really tightened up and just was absolutely dominant for parts of that second half. And over and over and over again, the Chargers can't cash in and close the gap in this game.
2: Yeah, it's pretty pathetic if you think about it. We had 17 points left on the board. And if you really want to go in- into depth with that, at one point we were only down 17 nothing in the third before the punt return for a touchdown. And we would have been tied 17 to 17 and that punt return for a touchdown would have just been a huge momentum shift that would have put all the pressure on the Broncos offense. The crowd noise would have went down tremendously cuz the-, the Broncos crowd was loud but all these missed opportunities that we had, even the interception from the seven yard line. When that happened, that place erupted and the let's go Bronco chance went crazy. And you could just see the Broncos defense, the Broncos offensive line. When they came on the field, they were just full of energy and could not wait to get back on the field. As much as you shoot yourself, you also give your, the other team more energy, more confidence and make them have more fun playing while your defense has to come out on the field and, oh, here we go again. This is going to be hard. you got to capitalize on your opportunities. we messed up against the Lions with fumbles at the one, missed field goals, and that cost us the game. The same thing happened today. We, that's two wins that we could have on our record because of missed opportunities. Yeah,
0: totally. And then I thought the other play where the Chargers kind of got in there, David, and it was another play kind of like where you're just what is going on and where is the creativity of this offense it was two plays, actually. It was the third and three by Melvin Gordon where they just decide to give it to Melvin Gordon when he hadn't been productive all game long and basically just punt on that possession. And then the other play where the Chargers, for some reason, split out Phillip Rivers wide and bring Tyrod Taylor into the game. If you're going to bring Tyrod Taylor into the game, why does Philip Rivers have to stay out there at, at wide receiver? Why not just bring in Tyrod Taylor to run a read option play? But why are you running that to begin with? Melvin Gordon just had a nice run and get it down to the two-yard line Why is the next play, are you not just trying to run the ball up the middle with a running back that has shown a knack for scoring touchdowns? Why are the Chargers
1: continually trying to get 2Q when the process never ends up working out? This is all about putting your offensive weapons in the right positions to succeed with Melvin Gordon. Obviously, they didn't do that on that play call. And also, they need to scrap that whole Tyrod Taylor, Phillip Rivers, you know, splitting out wide thing. It just does not work. It does not work. It has not yielded any positive result at any point this season. It just needs to go away.
2: I disagree. That with the Phillip Rivers split out wide. The, the re- wide, the reason the reason Philip Rivers is split out wide is because with him out there, eventually you're setting up that play to be a trick play, like throwing it back to Philip Rivers, and it's like a flea flicker in a way. They used to, the Patriots have done it with Tom Brady. A lot of teams have used that play. The thing is, the Chargers don't set it up the right way. They will run, they'll run a bunch of screen passes and maybe a couple of runs to the outside, and then they bring Tyrod Taylor. And you don't that's not how it works. You're not setting it up the right way. You have to set it up with runs up the middle because now with this read option, it's either a run up the middle or a run to the outside. And if they shut it down, you're leaving Phillip Rivers open as well, too. Like there's a lot of options that can happen here. If you throw it to Rivers, you could throw it again. If you have backwards throw to Rivers, there's a lot of things that can happen with that play. The whole reason Rivers is out there is for trick play purposes. And if you don't have Rivers out there on every single Tyrod Taylor play, when Rivers first does come in, they're going to suspect, hey, you know, something's up. He's never out here on this play. This might be to Phillip Rivers. Right, but if you're on the three-yard
0: line or the two-yard line, nobody's falling for the the Phillip Rivers double pass. Like, who are you tricking in that situation? Phillip Rivers is not a threat out there. special. Okay, but – that's a, like you're that. gonna have, not you're gonna, exactly no. that
2: play, but something like that. Phillip you Rivers, Rivers is no like threat.
0: That. Yeah. I, I, but the thing is, is Philly, especially you're running with a position player, throwing the ball anyways. But even regardless of that, if you want to have a package with Tyrod Taylor in there, you could have a receiver who you still have to account for on the outside and you can run some sort of read option game with Tyrod Taylor and whoever the running back is I just think the Chargers tried to get too cute and it didn't work again and I just think that you can't do that if you're the Chargers get that close to the end zone and just really blow it like the way that they did and I know we should probably be used to it by now but there were just so many plays in this game where it just seemed like everything was going wrong for the Chargers and all of the breaks went against them in this one but
2: When we did that play to end the first half to Austin Eckler, they are basically doing the play the Chiefs do where they do the the quick toss to Tyreek Hill. How come we didn't use Travis Benjamin in that situation? Because that play is meant for speed, someone that can run across the field really fast and get to the corner pylon. Eckler is good. He's got some speed. He can make guys miss, but that is not his style of play. That should have been Travis Benjamin.
0: And if it was Travis Benjamin, I still would have hated the play call. I just don't understand why you're trying to run outside like that. When I mean when Phillip Rivers gets up to the line of scrimmage, he has to know there's two unaccounted for defenders standing right there that he's gonna have to beat to the end zone. I just don't I didn't like that play call at all i thought that they should have went for the touchdown even before that and got into the end zone and not left it up to hey you have one play before the half you either pick well, they did try. a cowardly okay they tried they didn't do it that, that doesn't After matter their down
2: play, rivers actually ran up to the line and tried to hike it before the broncos could get set but they read it they saw that it was a quick pass to Eckler. that was supposed to be the touchdown play but the broncos were way smarter in this game they saw everything that was coming we were really predictable It doesn't matter if you're still continue
0: to just keep throwing the ball into the flat and the running back. That's not something that's tricking anyone. You're just hoping that Austin Eckler can just will your team into the end zone. The Chargers had a problem with throwing the ball, not behind the line of scrimmage all day long, and it it killed them in this game. And once again, the Denver Broncos defense absolutely throttles Phillip Rivers in the Chargers offense, and it really just puts a, a really dramatically... Negative spin on this season, falling to two and three, losing to a team who was 0 and four, even though that's a better team than most people think. It doesn't matter. You lost to an 0 and four team, and this season looks a lot darker than it did last week when you beat the Dolphins. But we all knew that just because you beat the Dolphins by 20 doesn't make you a good team. And the Chargers, as of right now, still are not a good team. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow to take a look at what goes on next. Where the Chargers at right now. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on LAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. And if you guys want to vent about your thoughts about this game, make sure to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Every Chargers voicemail gets played on the show. And if you guys don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from, tuning Google Podcasts, or wherever the Locked On Chargers podcast will be there. But We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm very sorry that the Chargers did that to you. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.